Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, this is Johnny Rabbit filling in today for the show, and we will do the same next Monday, the day after New Year's Day. Our movie master, Tom, Mr. Movie Stockman, is right here right now. He's going to tell us all about the movies. Are you going to do a movie today, Tom? Not today. What? I can't believe it. You missed it. <laughs> I thought you went. Well, no, you don't I go used every... to go a lot more than I do. No. But now that they've opened these, uh, this new cinema, which is my favorite new cinema in town, I want wait, to talk wait, about wait, that. Which one? Which? Well, it's called the... Um, Alamo Draft House, and it just oh, opened last yeah. week, and I'd love to talk some to you about that. We went there last week. It's something else. Now that's in the foundry. That is in the foundry, right across from IKEA. There. Now that what a, what a, a giant place that has become, and more and more. There are restaurants and gift shops and this and, movie theater. And, and you, how have you been there a couple of times? Uh, no, movies, we've only or? been there once. I, they they did give me a, a year's pass, mm-hmm. so I get to go see movies for free for the next year. So I'll I'll, I'll pick up on my movie goal. I bet you, you know, because <laughs> if I don't like it, I'll just leave and I'm not out anything. Oh man! Um, but now, what is the, what's the theme? I know the well, name, but is it what does it mean? Well, that, okay, Alamo Draft House it opened here just uh, just a week ago. I think it opened on a Friday, so a week and a half ago. Um. It's a chain. It's a chain. Mm-hmm. There are 40 or 50 Alamo draft houses across the country, including one in Springfield, Missouri, and Kansas City, Missouri. There's probably, oh, I don't know how many exactly, 40 or 50, like I say. Mm-hmm. But this is the first one in St. Louis. Sure. And the Alamo draft house is is very different. They have, for one thing, they have 35 millimeter um, capabilities, which no other theater in town does. Um they show old movies. They show art films. They have movie parties. They they have these very strict rules that if you start talking or you whip out your phone at the Alamo, they will kick you out. You Ooh. can't show up five minutes after the movie starter. They won't seat you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> They've got these rules, um, which is fine for me, but I don't know about some of my perpetually late friends. I'm sure you know people like that. <laughs> might be a little off-putting to them. But um, how many like screens do they? Ten, have? ten, oh. and one of the screens, which is is enormous. We were in one of the mid-sized screens, and one of the screens is is about the size of the high point. Um, it's huge, and they're all the comfy reclining seats too. Hmm. Every every single screen. And what about prices? Um, prices are just I would say about the average. Average is other movie theaters. They they do have. They're known for their beer selection. Because hence the hence the name the Draft name. House. Okay, they have forty eight uh, different taps at the Draft House, and a lot of those are from local breweries, microbreweries, uh, which is nice. 
as far as the price goes for the beers, I, I they, they're served in sixteen ounce glasses, and they it, they vary a little bit. But I paid six dollars for a beer, and I think my wife paid five fifty for a beer, so that's really not too bad. Your wife is here right now, watching yes, us. Yes. She's in the other studio with her rabbit sweater on. <laughs> that's right. She of did that in your honor. Isn't that sweet? And it's yeah. so kind of her. But but well, we were talking on the phone the other day, and we were kind of saying that that with the Alamo. Um, opening in the city and another movie theater opening in the city in February, which I, I do want to mention. Sure, of course. Um, they seem to be bucking the trend. Uh, you, you you certainly read in Variety and Box Office Mojo and places like that how nobody's going to the movie theaters anymore. You do read that. So yes. you would think there'd be less movie theaters. Um, but in the city, like I said the other day, uh, let's go back to 1999. Okay. There was... One theater in the city limits of St. Louis, and it had one screen, and that was the high point. Right. Only that one screen, yeah. two service, everybody in St. Louis. Now, that the year before, 98, is when the Union Station Cinema had closed down. So that was a 10-screener, but it had closed down. So it was just the high point in 99, but they opened the chase in 99, and that was six screens. So that bumped us up to six screens. Uh, a Hawaiian-based company called the Wallace Chain did attempt to uh, reopen the Union Station around 2002, and I, it wasn't very successful. Lasted a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, then the MX Theater oh, yeah. opened at Down 6th in Washington. In Washington. Yeah. Yes, uh, that opened in 2013, and they have – I'm not sure if they have three or four screens. I, the website says four. Um, so, so, that bumps, that, so that bumps us up to uh, you know about a dozen screens, and now we've got the Alamo with, ten, with its ten screens. So you've got like you've gone from one movie theater in St. Louis with one screen with one screen now now the High Point does have two screens now oh yeah um, back lot back to about twenty two screens for uh, St. Louis since to um, the Moolah has gone though the Moolah that's true the Moolah opened around two thousand early two thousands I believe and and just closed a couple of weeks ago that was in the old Moolah Temple yes. right off of Vandevenner Lindell McPherson yeah. area yeah and it had the couches. That's yeah, what sort of, that's what it was sort of known for. So, it was sort of a cavernous theater. Yes, it was. It was nice though. It was yeah. nice. It was just one. Now you mentioned an, a new one uh, when we were talking in the phones on Gravoy. Yeah, I don't want. It's called the Arcaden. Arcaden is a reference to a, a Orson Welles movie from the mid fifties called Mister Arcaden sure. about a man with a strange past. Yes, yes. Um, wow. It's a it's what's called a micro cinema. And other cities have these micro cinemas. St. Louis does not, unless you count the High Point backlot. That's kind of, a, in mm-hmm. some ways, that's kind of a micro cinema itself, even though it's an extension of the High Point. Um, the High Point backlot, I believe, seats 45. I this so, new yeah. one, the Arcade, in which opens in February, also seats somewhere between 40 and 50 people. So it's very small. It's in the um, Bevo Mill neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's next to a a bar called the Heavy Anchor. Now, I will say these Arcaden people, much like the Alamo people, they announced a good four years ago that they were going to open this. But then, of course, COVID hit, and everything got delayed for right. a couple of years. Now, what the, Arc- what the Arcaden people did, which was smart, they sort of made a name for themselves as a movie theater bef- before they were able to open by showing movies outdoors hmm. on the side of the uh, Heavy Anchor Tavern building. And... They've become real. That's become a real popular thing. I think they've done that the past three summers in a row, and I, I've gone a few times, and it's it's a blast. So people already know about the Arcaden. Um, I just don't want, it, like I said, I want it to get um, sort of buried in the news with the 
with the Alamo and yeah, some, right. Some of other things going on. How can they make money with it? just forty-five seats? <laughs> I, I just, I well they, again, I think like the Alamo, they're going to have a big selection of beers yeah, and from yeah. local breweries. I don't know. I don't know. And it, it is. It does seem to. It seems like they're is they're sort of defying um, expectations. Yeah. Well, I don't, not so much their cotton, but opening just opening movie theaters in general these days. Like nobody's going to see movies at theaters, unfortunately. That's true. Except that is except true. Except these big comic book movies yeah. are making a lot of money, and this Avatar sequels made a lot of money. But it's just like prestige R-rated movies for adults that, as you can recall, like everybody went to see <clears throat> just things like The Godfather oh my God. or Woody Allen sure. movies. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know, those were yeah. must-sees. Everybody got their car and drove to the theater to see movies like that. And now people are just seeing these tentpole movies, and, and it's just been a disaster at the box office. Yeah, it's funny you're talking about movies on the, on the side of a building or an outdoor mm-hmm. screen. The old days, they were called air domes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were all over. They I mean, were. Because theaters in those days mm-hmm. were not air conditioned, right. many of them, uh, especially the smaller neighborhood theaters. Mm-hmm. There was one near, <clears throat> uh was called the Armo uh, for Arsenal and Morganford. It was mm-hmm. on Morganford. And then it was not associated with an indoor theater. It was strictly yeah. an air dome. Right. But many of them were associated with with other theaters and yeah. air conditioning. Came and there was one at Del Mar and Taylor that was oh, a big one. Yeah. And some of those air domes you mentioned were enormous. I mean, they would seat well over 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the high point, I believe, seats 410 or something like that. And, that, and that's a big theater, sure. if you think about it. But some of these theaters were three and four times the capacity of, of those theaters. It's hard to imagine all the theaters that are gone. When you it know, is. if we were to go back, if this were like 1948, 1949, there'd be approximately, in the metropolitan area, mm-hmm. including the Illinois side, 115 th- movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, they were on one screen. Yeah. There, there were Most no were two screens, screens. Multiple, yeah. multiple screens. And, uh, but, you know, they, and a lot of the theater buildings have been repurposed. Mm-hmm. There was a, there's a little one on Shaw called the Family Theater. Mm-hmm. Didn't make it out of the, didn't make it into the talkies. Uh, but the building was still there, and now mm-hmm. it even says uh, family above mm-hmm. the front entrance, and now it's a home. It's been ah. redone, and I understand it's beautifully I'd redone. I'd like to live there. Yeah, <laughs> you would. I know you would. Uh, we'll be uh, right back. We're going to talk more, uh, a lot more about movies in St. Louis. Maybe even talk about your Vincentennial that you ah. did. And then uh, we'll talk about your friend that's on your T-shirt today. Oh, One of my absolute goes. favorite guys. We'll tell you who that is in a few minutes. Oh. We're at your service. We're on the show. And this is Johnny Rabbit on KMOX. Hi, this is Johnny Rabbit. We're at your service. And with us today, it's uh, sort of the Mild Standish. Do you remember Mild Standish <laughs> in the newspaper? That's probably before your time, yeah, yeah. Tom Stockman. Uh, Miles Dandies did the movie reviews in the Post-Dispatch. Oh, did he? Always look for those reviews. And everyone had a little character done by the artist Amity, mm. who a long time ago was uh, the, one of the sure. cartoonists. And, and so, they, you know, you'd see the little guy would be smiling and sitting in his seat, and you'd know, okay, that's going to be a good movie. It wasn't, that was like his <laughs> one star, two star, three mm-hmm. stars. But no more movie reviews in the paper. No more listings. I miss yeah. those so much. I oh, can't... Yeah. I used to love that. I used to cut out the ads out of I newspapers and put them in a scrapbook. <laughs> and I still great. have them. 
<laughs> that's a, it's hard. I don't understand why. I just don't get it. Why people don't put, uh, you know, not like you're talking, there's enough theaters. Yeah, there are, but nobody gets the paper anymore. Uh, well, no, no, there's another story. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Now, now, there was a movie that you saw that you really thought was interesting. Oh, it's at a the fantastic Alamo. movie. I, yeah, it's at the Alamo and it's at a bunch of other theaters. It's called Babylon. It's about It's about silent film filmmaking in the late 20s and it's really about the transition from sound or from silent i should say to talkies mm-hmm. which is kind of the same plot that singing in the rain had except this one has mm-hmm. orgies and it's like singing in the rain with orgies it's oh very it's very r rated uh, but it's a terrific movie it has brad pitt it did not do oh. well over the weekend i was just reading box office mojo this morning and it only made 3 and a half million dollars which was a huge disappointment for the producers of that film but i Highly recommend it. If, for what it's worth, I think it's really the best film I, I saw in the theater this year. Is this the uh, a very long movie? It or? is. It is long. It's about three hours and ten minutes. Well, but so is Avatar. And, well, those are yeah, that's, and Wakanda. You know, what's a typical length of a, a movie? I guess it's, hour forty five minutes yeah. would be about average. Yeah, yeah. I, I really recommend that. So that's at the Alamo now. It's at the Alamo and other places. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all over. Now, there's a theater uh, you had mentioned to me, North County? Uh, North City, sort North of. City. I, I do want to talk about this theater because I'm just wondering if people know about it and whether it does a lot of business. But it's called the 24 to 1 Cinema. Which 24 is, to 1. Uh, it's an unusual name for a it movie is. theater. It's just outside of North City in Pagedale mm-hmm. on Page. And it's called the 24 to 1 because it's a collaboration between 24 municipalities in North County that aren't represented by a a cinema. And it's owned by the 24 to 1 Land Trust Beyond Housing Community Community Development Organization. So there is a theater that services uh, people in that part of, of St. Louis that otherwise... I don't know where they would have to drive to a movie. There are no movie theaters in North County or North City, as we, as we discussed. All right. So uh, I, I have no idea what kind of business they do. I do know that a couple of years ago, right before the COVID thing hit, I went there because they were showing a movie that wasn't showing anywhere else that I wanted to see. And it's certainly a, you know, a, a blighted part of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. But the theater itself is like an oasis. It's hmm. just it's. The parking lot's brightly lit. The theater is very clean and very nice. The staff were super friendly. But, but again, that's the 24 to 1 cinema for people who live in North City that may or may not realize there, there's a, a, a theater close by. I have no idea. But on page, just in page deal, but just not far right. from the city it's, limits. Exactly. And is it a freestanding building? or yep. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expert date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah, it is. It is. Wow. That, that, yeah. How many screens? Uh, three or four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now, this is a surprise about some of these. I had never heard of that theater. Now we have mm-hmm. this new one opening on Granville, this uh, small theater, mm-hmm. but maybe there'll be more. Other, because uh, uh, the Chase Park Plaza Cinema mm-hmm. seems to be doing very well. The mm-hmm. Galleria Theater seemed to do well. Uh, what Then the um, Plaza Frontenac. Uh, uh I'm not sure <laughs> how well those theaters are doing. Really? Um, the, the largest theater chain in the country is Regal Cinema. Yes. And we only had two Regals in the St. Louis area. One was in Fenton and the other was out in O'Fallon. And, and the Fenton one closed. Mm. Um, a couple of the AMC theater. AMC is the second largest chain in the country. And we've lost a couple of the AMC theaters. I know the one out in West Olive is, is gone forever. And the one in Chesterfield Mall, there oh, well, will yeah. be gone yeah, next year when they yeah. finally finally raise that mall. That's actually a really nice theater. Esquire though is still, Esquire's still going. Yeah, as far as I know, it's still going strong. That's a, and a, I mean, that's a good location mm-hmm. and a good parking and the, it is. and all of that. Uh, Ronnie's seems to do Ronnie's well. Ronnie's is always kind of a zoo. Yeah, <laughs> I because that, that that was until until the Alamo opened. That was the closest one to my home, so I'd go mm-hmm. see Ronnie's a lot. But I'm going to start going to the Alamo now. Um, we were talking also about segregation a little bit, yes, and how movie theaters back in the oh, back in the early days were were segregated, as, as were many things, of course. And this this movie I was I'm recommending called Babylon actually touches on that subject about how there was a, a really a totally separate cinema. They weren't just segregated movies; people weren't watching the same movies in theaters for black people and theaters for white people. Mm-hmm. There was actually a separate cinema within Hollywood that was making movies for the cinemas that were that were focused on the black audiences starring black actors and black directors now what but what this movie Babylon sort of exposes is that these studios were owned by white people but but still it's a it's a fascinating story in St. Louis you know being one of the biggest cities in the country back in those days had a number of these and there was a book called African American Theater Buildings by Eric Liddell Smith, and it talks about 31 different um, movie theaters in St. Louis City that were for, for black audiences. Sure. Um, a, a couple of them that looked really interesting. I don't know much about these. Somebody should write a book just about the ones in St. Louis. <laughs> That's I think true. maybe you should do oh, that. No, Rabbit. No. Uh, there was the Booker T. Washington Theater on Market, where Josephine Banker, Josephine Baker, I should say, uh, performed her vaudeville act as a young girl. Uh, there was several. Um, there was one called. Just a Mayor Cinema on Finney in the Ville neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, 
There was one called the Globe at, at Seventh and Franklin, or, and they were just all over the place. They were. The and Comet, were Comet was a real big one was too. It? And there were, and as you said, there were all of those, and they, and they were still there into the fifties. Yeah. Not all of them, but many of them were still there until uh, until the, the early fifties. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you know, what about the now this the. Not a movie. They don't show movies. The Fox Theater. Have you heard anything oh, about the Fox? We were the... just there. Uh, we saw The Nutcracker. My wife really liked it. Good. I should imagine. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, um, I, I do recall, and you, I'm sure you do as well, that the Fox Theater was showing movies up until about 1977. Mm-hmm. And it, it was pretty run down. Oh, it was. I, I remember was my sad. dad taking me to see uh, a Godzilla movie there when I was 10 or 11. And, yeah. and the, you know, the lights weren't on that you know you have to go downstairs to the men's room I remember the lights weren't on down there oh, and it was boy. a little and the place was just kind of run down yeah. um and then of course the st- uh what's the family that bought the fox uh, oh strauss the strauss yeah. the strauss, yeah. the strauss yeah, the bought strauss, it and yeah. sunk money into it and they've opened it up into this wonderful place that it is now but yeah that was movie theater there was also the lowe's on uh, Washington. 715 Washington, yes. Lowe's State. And there was a yeah. Lowe's Orpheum at 9th and St. Charles. That building is still there. Yeah. a good place for you to open a theater. I will. And it, it would be know. a beautiful theater and still in great condition, but there's no parking. Oh, No, yeah. no parking. Well, that can, I, I guess that can be a problem it with some of these theater, city theaters. Yeah. Where is, uh, oh, I wanted to ask you about that Vince Centennial. Thing. Oh, that was an event I directed that here. That was a big um, deal. Gosh, 11 years ago now. Oh, my gosh. We did the, that uh some at the High Points, some at the Wash U, some at the History Museum. We did and it all over town. Of course, it was for Vincent Price. Right, right. Vincent Price, is, who is from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Vincent Price grew up right at Forsyth and Skinker. Mm-hmm. So as a young man, he w- would have walked down to the High Point. Oh, and yeah. We know he walked yeah. over to the Art Museum and sure just did. stared at artwork. Yeah. And, but he would have walked down High Point and seen, seen movies. There was also one at Big Band in Clayton called The Richmond. Oh, yeah. It's been gone for a long time. But Breaking I'm sure Vincent, lot, I guess. I yeah. guess Vincent, Vincent Price would have probably walked down there and seen movies. Probably it's fun to think. You know, of course, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Vincent Price, and I would go, oh, yeah. I would beg yeah. my dad to take me to see his movies. But it's just fun to think that he was in our city. Yes. Uh, 6320, 6324 side was the uh, house is still yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. It's owned by uh, the university now, and some lucky... University staffer gets to live there. <laughs> now you have a T-shirt on from uh, oh. uh, Bela Lugosi. Oh, yeah. Dracula. That's right. You gave me that Bela Lugosi stand-up that was out in your garage. Oh, Remember that, you gave yes, me that I a do. couple of years ago, yeah. and that is in my office. Oh, thank goodness! It deserves <laughs> that. <laughs> it does. I, I start get startled when I look at it every day. <laughs> what a, what a, I've enjoyed his his work. Oh, I mean, and favorite. you ever talked to his son? Uh, Bela Senior. He was in. Um, El, uh, Edwardsville at the Wildy, which is an old theater sure, that is. in Edwardsville. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is probably four or five years ago, mm-hmm. and they were showing a screening of Dracula, and he was a super friendly guy who stood out in the lobby inside. Oh, how nice. Lugosi Jr. He does a, I know he sells Bela Lugosi wine. I heard that, man. yeah. He was an entertainment lawyer. Yes. Lugosi Jr. And very successful. Did a lot of work to help the three studios. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and getting the, what they justly deserved that the his studios were not giving them. Yeah, yeah. Because he was involved in that, yeah. Drive-in theaters? Uh, or, or, well, you said three left in the area. Well, I, I'd say there's three left within an hour's driving yeah, distance right. of where I live, and I live down in Carondelet. There is the, the um, Skyview in Belleville, which is probably the best known. And they, they, they went, they had a good year as far as I know. Um, there is a sky view, but it's two words, sky and view, mm-hmm. and that is in Litchfield, Illinois, which is about an hour. 
And then there is the Starlight, which is in DeSoto, and that's about an hour the other way. Hmm. So there's a few drive-ins. Well, thank you, Tom. Thank you for being here. I know you got to go because you got to get to the Alamo because you can't (laughs) go in late after the movie starts. You can't get in. Thank (laughs) you. Good point. (laughs) Thank you for having me on, Ray. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is At Your Service. This is Johnny Rabbit. That's the show. It's Johnny Rabbit filling in here at your service. And I'll tell you, we're going to talk about the collection, so to speak. Uh, with A.J. Medlock, an archivist of note. We'll tell you about him in a few minutes. Uh, at noon, we'll have a residential real estate show. Is it hot or not? And with real estate expert Rich Fellhauer, topics to include interest rates, getting your house ready to sell, tips on buying a house or a condo, or moving into an apartment. What's the story with all those out-of-town investors buying up houses? What's going on with that? And all the companies that are offering to buy your home for a cash deal, as is. Well, that's later on. But right now, uh, A.J. Medlock is here to tell us about the important, yet not so well-known, at least in St. Louis, statewide organization, the State Historical Society of Missouri, not to be confused with the Missouri Historical Society. Welcome, A.J. Nice to see you, sir. Well, thank you, Ron. Nice, Nice to see you again, too. And your your location is where? Yeah, so uh, our headquarters is in Columbia, Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, the Center for Missouri Studies. But then uh, we have research centers across the uh, the state. My research center is uh, located on the University of Missouri St. Louis campus, UMSL. Uh, we're on the second floor of the uh, Thomas Jefferson Library. So that's, that's where I'm the at. The Mercantile Library is your neighbor? Uh, yeah, Mercantile Library is our neighbor. Yes, sir. That is an interesting place to see. They always have a nice little display right mm-hmm. outside your offices. But you go inside. What What's in there? What What do you collect here? What do you do in these offices? Yeah, so uh, our mission is to uh, – the State Historical Society of Missouri's mission is to uh, uh, preserve the history and culture of the state of Missouri. We you, we primarily do that through manu- the collection of manuscripts. And we've divided uh, – we divide up the state uh, uh, into different geographic regions. So each research center focuses on a specific area of the state. I focus on uh, St. Louis City and County, uh, St. Charles, Franklin, Warren, Pike, uh, Lincoln, and Jefferson counties. So we uh, so a pretty big uh, collecting focus. So anything from like family papers, like correspondence, oh. diaries, photographs, uh, yeah, photographs, scrapbooks, uh, anything like that. Um, uh, appointment books, uh, old home videos, you know, th- things that you know that. In other words, don't throw that junk yeah, away. Yeah, don't throw it away. Yeah, I, <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I, I encountered one family. Uh, it's the uh, we the collections out called the Marissi Family Papers, and they mm-hmm. luckily it saved everything from like eighteen fifty six to oh about yeah, it's oh about my. the present. So, so that was one that we got really lucky with. So it's things like that, or you know, like like local other records of like local uh, longtime organizations or businesses. Like for those of your listeners who remember Layer Rice the new in the New Life Am- Evangelistic oh, sure, Center, sure. Uh, I I. Connected with him in 2019, and then we, and we uh, preserved all his old meeting minutes and videotapes from his programs. Lots of photographs. He had a he had also has a prison ministry, so a lot of those uh, that correspondence too is about like right now it's about like 65 boxes worth of materials. Uh-huh. And since yeah, since he was you know they founded the, the organization in 1972, I mean it's you know and he's still around. He's still around. Yeah, he's still around. Uh, I I talk with him once in a while. I was at his uh, 50th anniversary. Uh, Celebration for uh, New Life Evangelistic Center, and of course we also collect the records of like a long time older businesses, like you know things like business ledgers, also meeting minutes, hmm. new old newsletters, 
Uh, there's still a lot of 20th century material around before everything became digital. So yes. we're still oh, yeah. we're still taking in a lot of paper-based materials as well. Right. Now, what about digital materials? Uh, so usually, if it's like something like like electronic records, so if you like if you if you create something on on uh, Microsoft Word or like you're let's say you're an author and you, you you're, all your productions are going to be on a computer if you're mm-hmm. a more recent yes. author, no, sure. Then then we have ways to preserve that type of materials. The the only thing we stipulate though is like for let's say. Uh, you're a writer who is primarily active in the 20th century. Uh, we wouldn't take like digital copies of like your old manuscripts. We would only take the original. The only time we take electronic records is, is if they're created, you know, originally on the computer. I see. Uh, so like if uh, so, yeah. So that, that's that's kind of like the distinction between electronic or uh, and our and the textual materials we collect. Interesting. So really, uh, a lot of people do throw a lot of things away that shouldn't be thrown away. This, oh, this is, I don't know who these people are. This is some long ago. Who who really cares and all that kind of, you do care. You well, do- yeah, I definitely care. I, I usually say to the people I connect with, I say, you know, just, uh, you know, before you throw away anything, just, you know, call an archivist like myself and we're happy to go out and check things out. And, you know, maybe, maybe sometime, maybe, uh, it's a case where, yeah, maybe it's not something that has archival value, but you never right. know. I'm always, yeah. I'm always going around the uh, the uh, my region, uh, meeting of people. I mean, I kind of joke it gets me out of the office and see, and see daylight. <laughs> so I'm always happy to make a trip out just to see what someone has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it'd be, yeah, just uh, always be mindful when you're throwing things away. I had to once – my favorite story is I once had to go dumpster diving because someone thought that something they did they, that, that wasn't worthwhile uh, – uh, it turned out it was. So uh, mm-hmm. I like to joke that you know I, my car smelled like garbage, uh, but uh, I uh, but I but I felt good, you know, knowing that I preserved uh, some important history. Sure. So and you've, I've given you some things from my collection. Yes, you have, and we're very we we're very grateful for that too. And have a lot of things to come as as well. Hey, we're excited. As my wife will be happy to hear. <laughs> when, <laughs> Most, are you, when are you going to get rid of this? Stuff? <laughs> I, I've had some uh, spouses tell me that I'm their new best friend. I can imagine. I, I'm, so. uh, I'm usually the guy that comes in to clear out the basement. Yeah. Uh, so. And what, no, then you're here. This is you're not in a big, huge place. So where does it all go? Uh, so yeah, so our research center uh, is small, but the collections that we we have a we have, we managed just at the St. Louis Research Center okay. about eight thousand one hundred cubic feet of uh, collections. I always keep a running count. A lot of that goes offsite uh, to our uh, to our offsite record center storage in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, we just don't have the room. We can only store a fraction of the materials on site. But we, we have a courier service through the University of Missouri. So if anyone wants to look at materials, I can have them couriered in fairly quickly as long as people just ask for an appointment. Uh, as a whole, the society uh, manage about, manages about 47,000 cubic feet of collections. Wow. Uh, so and that's between all six research centers. That's growing every day. We're always taking a new uh, – Types of material, always, always taking a new, new, new collections. So. We're talking to A.J. Medlock, State Historical Society of Missouri. I see a little logo here, Our Home, Our History. Yes, sir. That's what you kind of, you're saving. You're saving the past for the yes, future. Sir. And the locations, you know, you're here, you're in Columbia, elsewhere? Yeah, so we are, uh, so all other research centers are in yeah, Kansas City, uh, Springfield, uh, Cape Girardeau, and Rolla, and they're all on university campuses. Now, how do people reach you? Uh, yeah, so you can call me at my office phone if you want. It's uh, 314-516-5214. Uh, once again, um, that number is 314-516-5214. You can also reach me by email. So my email is uh, medlock, that's M as in Mary, E-D-L-O-C-K-A at S H S 
M as in Mary, O dot O-R-G. Medlock A at S-H-O, S-H-S-M-O, State Historical Society of Missouri. Uh, the phone number, I think the phone number is easy, but it's an easy, because you're there. I mean, you, you will be responsive, as, as you have been to me and to others that I have sent to you. That area code 314-516-5214. And think about the things you might have. And right now, some people might say, well, you know, maybe I will call. And Definitely. You're, you can always say, well, you know, we can't use that. But well, the only, the only thing I will say is uh, we're out of the office this week. Uh, I just, uh, oh. I'm technically on vacation this week, ah. but I, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, pass up a chance to talk with you. Well, so you. I, uh, so I may not be too quick this week, but definitely next week when we get back on Tuesday, next week, Tuesday. And what about I'll magazines? Definitely... Do you do things like that? Like I, uh, George Mayhew from St. Louis Magazine was here. Now, would you collect those magazines or? Usually with like with older publications, it'd be more like the production. Like so, if it's like an older magazine and they've saved like their office files, like mm-hmm. uh, like their correspondence or their uh, the drafts of the stories, especially of older magazines that have been around since the twentieth century, we'd save that. But in terms of just magazines, since that's just uh, more mass produced, that's usually not something we collect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes it's a case by case basis. But, but now, we, let's say he had all his original stories. Yeah, well, yes, it, and it depends. Yeah, if it, so if he was more active in the 21st century, a lot would we take the we would definitely take the electronic records. Uh, if he was active in the uh, earlier in the 20th century, we definitely take all his you know original story drafts, course uh, you know reader correspondence, things like that. Those are what we consider like one of a kind materials that you necessarily can't reproduce. Mm-hmm. So. AJ Medlock is here. You'll be back in a few minutes. Yes, uh, sir. We're going to take a short break. We are at your service. This is the show. This is Johnny Rabbit. This is KMOX. Hi, this is Johnny Rabbit. We're at your service on the show today. On our day after Christmas, we will return the day after New Year's Day, which means next Monday, same time, same station, all of that stuff, 10 to 1. Uh, A.J. Medlock is with us from the State Historical Society of Missouri, a collection initiative. You're after, you're after people. You're like a Sherlock Holmes <laughs> uh, sniffing out all of these archives and, and corporate things and business things and even science fiction yeah, I'm always on the hunt. So yeah, recently we started collecting uh, into what's called fandom. So I, uh, I, I. What does that mean, fandom? Kind of like a, it's like a group that, or like a subculture that's interested in a certain aspect of popular culture. Mm-hmm. So science fiction fandoms, what we've been, uh, I've been focusing on. So I recently took in the records of the USS Discovery. They're a, a uh, Star Trek fan club that was formed here in 1984. Uh, so a lot of their old meeting minutes, uh, their newsletters, their uh, zines, which are like fan publications, uh, and uh, even some photographs. So it was a really interesting look into a unique subculture in St. Louis. And so I decided that maybe it, maybe I should start contacting people who are involved in like early fandom. Uh, so, for example, I recently uh, connected with a gentleman named Walt Stumper, and we took in his papers. Uh, so it includes like stuff from uh, – from all these local uh, zine, science fiction zines, uh, one of them was the Ozark Science Fiction Association, uh, OSFAN, uh, that were that was based out here, and they actually uh, were instrumental in bringing the uh, uh, World Science Fiction Convention here in 1969. So he, wow. so he donated a lot of rare uh, zines, uh, uh, rare St. Louis area zines that you know are hard to find. Uh, and then some uh, some rare zines from you know across the uh, the state and the, the country, so it's a re- it's a really rich collection. We also uh, there's one collection the Amy Newell Versman papers. She had a scrapbook from the uh, first Archon, which is a science the oldest science fiction convention in St. Louis from 1977. She has pictures of a very young 
George R. R. Martin, uh, who uh, wrote Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and he was there as their first guest in 1977. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of cool local. Uh, that is, yeah, yeah, a lot of cool. And we're just trying. I'm trying to gather more uh, from the area. Uh, so, because the idea is, we're, we're we're truly trying to be a community archive. So we're trying to represent the the full diversity of of Missouri. And so it's not just like the great men and women, like big time. It's you saw a normal local ordinary people. Sure. Uh, so another example, I took in the uh, records of a uh, of a martial arts uh, dojang in the uh, St. Louis area called Kuk Sol Wan uh, Martial Arts. Uh, so I, I I talked with the owner. And he uh, had all his photographs, all his like belt test evaluations from the uh, 1991 to the present. Uh, likely, he's one of those that saves everything. That's good. Uh, so yeah, so uh, uh, so uh, uh, Master Jack Harvey was very gracious to donate all those originals. So because you know, martial arts is another really important, you know, subculture in Missouri and the United States, sure. but you don't really see it represented in archives. So no, I, I decided I, yeah. to take that in too. Uh, in addition, we're always uh, trying to, you know, get more family papers, you know, like I mentioned the Morrissey family papers yes. briefly. So it allowed just a full representation of uh, of uh, of what's in uh, of what's in the St. Louis area. Yeah, and we've also off the air, we were talking about commercials, about recorded commercials, advertisements that would have maybe been on television or on radio, companies that are no longer even in existence. Uh, Chapman's Ice Cream, one that just came to mind. They had some great series of commercials. Yeah. So, so th- those would be considered rare, too. I mean, a lot, a lot of those stations didn't preserve any of that. So no. th- those are great, too. Well, like local family companies that maybe are still in business or went out of business. Like I said, all their old adver- advertisements, their old, uh, whether it's, you know, print or uh, they, they publish themselves mm-hmm. or obviously TV, local TV commercials, uh, any uh, correspondence they saved, uh, fi- old financial ledger books, of course, photographs. I mean, we're all, that, that's another important thing. So those are all things that we'd... Uh, uh, in addition to like old commercial spots, because uh, those aren't something usually people think to save. But no, they wouldn't think to because that. they run out. And this is dated. It's over yeah. with. They throw them out. They're in the, they're, you know, there are not many advertising agencies anymore like there used to be these big agencies. That, and some of these commercials were done at places like Premier Recruiting Studios and Locust or Technosonic and Brentwood. Um, many times with original scores, music scores, singers, orchestras, none of that's done anymore. So... Those things have become more and more rare. Very, very few people have them, as you said. I, we, here at KMOX, we have a big collection of things. I, I don't even it seem like they can find anything from any any year, but uh, they're stored here. They're kept here. Channel 5 is the same uh, type of collection of, of artifacts. But when uh, companies move or change or something or physically move, that's another thing. Uh, somebody might have a large place, and they might have got all this stuff in storage, and what are we going to do with it? Where I'm your are we guy. Go? Here, <laughs> we have got him. He is here. He is here to help you. Uh, don't worry about it. What is that commercial that people are always throwing stuff away? I don't know. That uh, Come and pick it up. Oh, wait. Wayne heard her junk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not that. That's, something good is going to happen. That's going to have a new life. It's going to have a new home. And it's going to be something that, let's say someone would like to... I do some sort of a a retrospective, a story, an article, a book or whatever about the history of advertising in St. Louis, where you had these commercials, where you could uh, uh, maybe put it and use it right on podcasts. Do you have a podcast? Yeah. uh, Yeah, we have a podcast. Uh, We uh, we do have we do. We promote our collections as well. Uh, So it's our Missouri podcast. so basically, yeah, we're, we're open Tuesdays through Fridays at all our research centers, uh, barring the holidays, of course, mm, uh, sure. 830 to 430. They're always open to in-person researchers. 
Uh, we also do a lot of promotion. We have the Missouri Historical Review and the Missouri Times are always like talking about the collections we've gotten in. Now, how do you get those publications? Uh, you, if you become a member, those are for our members. Uh, so if you go to uh, shsmo.org, uh, there's a support tab. And then you, if you become a member, a dues-paying member, those come, those come complimentary to you. Of course, I always have you know, one or two copies around mm-hmm. at, at the research center. But uh, but we encourage people to become supporting members because, you know, we, although the state of Missouri uh, funds funds our salaries and such, we do uh, for everything else. We rely on uh, on our membership program, too. Now, if somebody wants to, you're probably better to call first, I would imagine. You don't have a huge staff of people. Well, we have we have a huge staff across all oh, six research right. centers. But I mean, but yeah, but, uh, it's usually helpful at the St. Louis Research Center, especially if something's offsite. If you uh, give us a call or shoot us an email, and then if it's something that's off-site, we can have that couriered in uh, to the research center. So we usually ask maybe like a week or maybe even two weeks in advance mm-hmm. just to, so we can get the materials on-site, uh, especially if you want something from like Kansas City or Springfield or Cape Girardeau or Rolla mm-hmm. uh, to give us a little extra leeway to bring those materials in. What do you think the New Year is going to bring to you as far as do you feel more people are going to be donating these things, giving these things? You're not buying them. You're, you're, no, we, we don't buy anything. We don't, we don't have funds for that. I mean, even uh, most archives, as, as far as I know, don't make yeah. actual uh, purchases like that. But I, I think we've been getting the been, we've been doing a good job of getting the word out. Uh, I have a lot of people I've been talking to uh, lately uh, from all walks of life. So I think coming in, we've been we did really well this year, and uh, I think we're going to do even better in 2023. Good. So we're always pounding the pavement, always trying to get the word out. And I guess, as I mentioned before, I mean I'll say my phone number again, but if you think you may have something uh, or some some things, uh, you can always give me a call at three one four five one six five two one four. Uh, or shoot me an email at medlocka at shsmo.org. I'm always, I always try to be as responsive as possible. And you are. Uh, b- barring the holiday season. But, uh, but other than that, yeah, I'm always, I'm always we're always uh, willing to do a site visit to see what you have. So don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, although it may seem to you like it's unimportant, it may actually be very important for current and future researchers. And that is very true about people moving or changing what the business is closing or moving to or your home. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. You might be surprised sometimes in what you have. And of course, you'll be, uh, you know, you have to, might have to tell people, well, we just don't really collect that or you can maybe someone else would. There yeah, we're some always, other organization. We're, yeah, we're always happy if, if if we're unable to collect. Like we don't have three, we don't collect three dimensional objects. But if, I'm always happy to help people find other institutions mm-hmm. where it's a better fit. Uh, so I'm always here to consult. That's as well. interesting to know, of course. So yeah, we're always you're not you're not bothering us. We're always happy to. <laughs> We get lonely sometimes down at the research center, so I'm always happy when I have a visitor. Uh, yeah, that's, that's always great. yeah. It's uh, I, I, I'm happiest when the re- when my, the phone's ringing and the research center is uh, filled with researchers or prospective donors. That so. is terrific. Thank you, AJ. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I appreciate your being here today on this a very quiet day in St. Louis. At least maybe the shopping centers are a little uh, busier than they are downtown. Boy, downtown would have been busy a number of years ago, but that's all over with. Next, we're going to go into the real estate market with Rich Fellhauer here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.